With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. A lot of founders don't realize that just raising capital is not the right way to do it, right? If you're really small, then you might just end up getting 100K for half, half of your company, right? That's not going to scale. Welcome to Angels, Exits, and Acquisitions, the place to learn how to fund, scale, exit, and massively profit as an angel investor or entrepreneur. Brought to you by the Angel Investors Network. And now, here's your host, Jeff Barnes. Hello, and this is Jeff Barnes again with Angels, Exits, and Acquisitions podcast. Thanks so much for being here and watching this episode today. I'm joined today with Harshal Shah, who is one of our co-sponsors here at our Sharks and Angels live event. He co-hosts, I should say at our Sharks and Angels Live in Austin, Texas. So we're really happy to have you here. Harshal, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Likewise, my pleasure, Jeff. Yeah, it's been great getting a chance to know Harshal and a little bit more about his company. Now, you are the founder, one of the founders of the Venture Build, right? So why don't you tell us a little bit about that and then give people you know, a little bit of history about how did you come into that and, and why did you start that? Absolutely. I'd love to. Thanks, Jeff. So uh, a little bit about myself, uh, Jeff. I have been in this industry for more than about 27 years now. Right? I, I started off my career more on the technology side where I was actually running businesses, uh, developing software solutions for corporations before. Right? Okay. Started graduating into running P&Ls for healthcare and life sciences, product engineering services, and then started managing private equity relationships for this. And this is a billion-dollar enterprise today, right? So I used to run private equity business for them. Uh, When I started looking at the private equity model, right, it fantasized me. If you start looking at it, private equity would actually go down and then zooming out, right? You would see private equity doing primarily three things, invest, optimize, and grow, Mm -hmm. right? And when you start looking at the venture capital world, which is, uh, to me, the definition for that is anything beyond. So typically, private equity would get in anything above $300, $400 million and above, right? And that's where they make uh, the, the, the right bang for the buck. Uh, venture capital industry uh, would not have the right kind of models for the private equity ecosystem, right? So when I started looking at it, I saw the void between investment category of 5 million to 300 million, right? Where you would not have the operator experience that you would have in the venture capital world. Right. Right. Okay. And so the idea was, right, how do you actually flip that model of invest, optimize, and grow and create grow, optimize, and invest, right? So what the venture bill does is it does three things. Grow, optimize, invest. Okay. Right. We invest in emerging companies, right? Which are 5 million, sub 5 million and stuff like that, right? We write smaller checks on 250K to half a million dollars, right? But we are a lot more focused on the operator side of things, which is how do you actually help them scale, right? Right. There's a lot that is going on, right? And when you are founders with the right kind of passion, right? You know your business well, but there is a lot of other things that goes in the business, right? 
that is unknown, right? And you slip through the ways, right? So the success rate for people who have actually got the right mentors, right access, and the right automation, right, has been phenomenally more than traditional startup founders. Right. So if I can break that down a little bit, then, you know, you have these these founders who are you know, starry-eyed dreamers, right, for the most part, and innovative and really smart when it comes to their technology, but not great at running a business, Not definitely not good at optimizing a business per se. Correct. But they have this great idea. And then you have, on the private equity side, like you were saying, they optimize businesses to make more money. That's so right. They have lots of money behind them. They'll invest, they'll buy the company, they'll optimize it, fix a few things, and then turn it around in a few years for a multiple. Whereas the VC model is very much dependent upon generally taking yeah, the, the, the success of the founder, but taking a board seat and then maybe installing their people into it. That's but right. We've seen a lot of issues where if the culture doesn't fit with the person the VC puts in, it doesn't jive with the founder. And then we have all these issues and then they try and unseat the CEO or the founder. And then we see the you know, like we saw this with OpenAI, right? Absolutely. They try and unseat the founder. Absolutely. And then there's this massive pushback. Yeah. And so what you guys are saying is you want to come in as advisors, mentors and investors. That is correct. Before the business is fully optimized, which means it's not ready for VC. That is correct. And then you have an exit plan on the back, and I'd imagine into the VC world or an IPO. Yeah, into the VC world, IPO, and as well as the private equity right. world, right, that we have connection with, right? So mm -hmm. the idea is, to your exact point, right, you are bang on when you say this, right, that a lot of times, right, when you just sit on the board or just grind the founder, right, that's not the way to scale him, mm -hmm. right? The scale is to actually understand them, right? And right. see if you can help them facilitate to go to the next level that they require, right? right? I'll give you an example, right? One of my companies, one of the portfolio companies that we had, the founder is a PhD from Stanford. Mm -hmm. right? She was in the same batch as the Google founders, Larry and Sergey, right? at Stanford, right? So she's great at what she does, yeah. right? She knows what she's doing, mm -hmm. right? The problem was, right, she is great on the technology side of things in terms of developing that product, right? She was not creative enough, right, in terms of figuring out the product market fit. Right. right. What is the world market? Like, now, that's the gap that we would fill in in mm -hmm. that case, right? So we would actually identify where these founding team has gaps, right, and yeah. see if there are ways by which our consulting partners would come in and start filling in gaps, right? Mm -hmm. Apart, I mean... So this is not just about equity, right? So you right. actually write the check, but more than writing the check, how do you actually help them get to the next level? Right? Yeah. And sometimes, the, I mean, the money is good because you need to make sure that your founders, your management team is taken care of so they're not trying to do side gigs, that's right? That's right. And I, that's what every entrepreneur hopes for. Every entrepreneur hopes that they can stop whatever side gig they're doing or whatever they're doing to make money and put food on the table so they can go do their thing full time. That's what every entrepreneur wants. And unfortunately, that's why every entrepreneur, the first thing they think about is going yeah. and raising capital. That's correct. But I'm curious about that for you guys. When you invest, we we caution people to go for capital too early. So what do you guys generally do? And, and when you're looking at those companies, where's the sweet spot for you? And then if somebody is too early for that sweet spot, what do you kind of do to help them get there? That is a very, very good question, Jeff. And you are absolutely right, right? So that again comes in as part of the advisor capacity mm -hmm. that we get in, right? So a lot of times, to your to your point, right, a lot of investors, a lot of founders don't realize that just raising capital is not the right way to right. do it, right? Yeah. If you're really small, then you might just end up getting 100K for half, half of your company, right? 
that's not going that's to not scale, a good idea. right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. right? So that's where a lot of those naive understanding and just helping them out, right? If you are going to take a small bit of equity in terms of getting them to the next level as well, to me, that's worth it. Yeah. Right? Because then you can actually give them the right directions to be able to start doing that. Right? Absolutely. But understanding the model, a lot of times, right, there are, there are companies, again, one of our portfolio companies, that company would have scaled by itself. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just that they were not good at creatively structuring right, the right. deals to be able to start doing yeah. that. Right? Yeah. So a lot of times you don't require equity. Right? You might want to creatively structure your deals, right? And let's say front load your revenue cycles, right? And, and starting to get to market, right? Right. If you start doing that, maybe you might not require the kind of equity that you would want, right? You yeah. still need equity, right? But essentially, instead of raising a million dollars, can you just raise quarter million dollars and get to that next stage, right? Yeah. Some of those pieces are also equally important, right? In terms of doing that, mm-hmm. right? And the experience that comes in, right, with the kind of consulting partners that we've built. So, for example, I mean, I was running P&Ls for a billion-dollar companies, right? Mm-hmm. We would do all of those financial engineering in that case as well, quite a bit, right? right? Couple of my founders, right, they were CEOs of, of very uh, successful private equity companies, right? They know how to run business, right, from mm-hmm. that angle, right? So, can you actually start getting the right help, right, in terms of being able to structuring that a lot more better? Right. And, you know, when I was getting started in my entrepreneurial journey, because that's what I wanted to do when I was younger, when I finally figured out there's this whole world of entrepreneurship and taking a company public, oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Completely naive, not having any idea how much work it actually Correct. was and how little I knew, even though I thought I knew everything, reading all the books and going to the MBA and networking and, and trial and error all the time. But one of the things that I thought when I would watch shows like Shark Tank or yes. The Profit was... You know, if you're the entrepreneur and they're turning down these deals left and right because they're not going to give up that much equity. And we we had this saying that, would you rather have a small piece of a really big pie or a big piece of nothing? Absolutely. And so you look at like Bezos and I don't even know what the number is anymore. Maybe it's less than 9% (laughs) that he owns of the company. Yeah. uh, But still any, same with Elon Musk. And these are still the richest people in the world, the most influential people in the business world and the investing world. And they that we know that they have all these assets and they're taken care of. But if we're flipping that on its head, yes, right, and we're looking at the investor side, you know, to your point, if you invest $100,000 into a really early stage company, like no money, napkin stage, but you want 50% of the company. Well, first and foremost, that kills the deal, right? Because most entrepreneurs are not going to work for somebody else for only 100 Like 100K will get you, right. you know, a couple months at yeah. best when you're early on because you have expenses, right? But do you really want to have a big piece as the investor of something that's not going to scale, or would you rather have a smaller piece a little bit later on, knowing that that is going to scale and it could scale into a lot of money, yep. right? But you need to have that infrastructure behind you to support the growth. And it sounds like that's a lot of what you guys do is not just the money, but it's the smart money, as we call it, the smart money that follows smart entrepreneurs. That is precisely right, Jeff. And and I think, see, a couple of things, right? So you, you know this before, right? As having worked with a lot of these things and Having failed as an entrepreneur, right? You learn a lot of things when you yeah. fail as an entrepreneur, <laughs> we right? We do, we I mean, do. I've done that multiple times, right? So I had two, two uh, ventures of my own earlier that went past, right? But the idea is you learn so much more than going around any MBA school than a failed entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. right? And so you are absolutely... So some of these things, right, to your point, we would not, and then the bigger piece of the pie is always getting that right at the right time, right? Mm-hmm. And so if there is 
a founder who comes in early on, right? We might actually advise them, right, to go back and get them. I mean, even sometimes even free advice, right? Which is which is all part of that ecosystem, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I run one of the largest nonprofit on entrepreneurship side on the back end, right? Mm-hmm. It's called Thai, right? Which right. is thirty thousand plus members, right? Fifty eight chapters all around, right? And, and explain whole, to people what Thai is. Absolutely, I would love to, right? The whole idea of Thai was born out of the same concept, right? That this was so Thai started off. 30, 32 years back, uh, Silicon Valley VCs, right? So some of the successful Silicon Valley VCs, this actually started off more as an Indian organization because these were Indian VCs who got successful in the Bay Area for the first time. Mm -hmm. And they were like, okay, how do we actually help fellow budding entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. without expecting anything in return, right? right? And how do we scale them? So that's how it started, right? And the core missions of Thai were mentoring, education, networking, incubation, funding, right? Those are the five core principles on which Thai is, right? Today, it's a global organization, 30,000 members, mm-hmm. 58 chapters all across the globe. You name the part of the world and Thai would be there, right? All of this is nonprofit, right? right? So there are successful entrepreneurs who would come in and just give back. Yeah. Right? So a lot of time that is also needed because you entrepreneurship is a solo journey, as you imagine, right? I yeah, mean, absolutely. Any help that you can get is useful. Yeah. Right? So we do a lot of that as well. We actually go in and just give advice to people saying, oh, this is not the good time, right? But let's do one, two, three, four, right? And let's get to that stage, right? And we would help you get to that stage, right? And right. let's come back, right? And figure out how do we structure a deal, right? Yep. And I love that too. Entrepreneurs, Entrepreneurship in general is one of the loneliest things uh, when it comes to you know, growing, because even your spouse, yes. if you're in a relationship, even your spouse may not get it, right? Yeah. And it, it is really challenging, but I also find a challenge with a lot of entrepreneur groups where it's almost like the blind leading the blind. Yes. You know, yes. and nothing against any of these organizations that are trying to help other entrepreneurs. But if you don't bring in somebody who has gone down the path and either exited a business or you know, failed a few times, right? I think they say that on average, the most successful people fail 11 times before yeah. they finally find a success. So if you're struggling and failing, you know, continue struggling and failing, you will find it eventually. I, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I'm a slow learner. I've failed a lot more than 11 times, but uh, you know, <laughs> that's how you learn. No, but that's so the yeah. thing is, is that you don't want to, you don't want the blind leading the blind. And so we always try to qualify when an entrepreneur is getting advice, who are they getting the advice from? And it sounds like that's what you guys are really focused on is get the advice from the right people. Absolutely. People who have been there, not just somebody that, yeah, okay, we started a business and it was a small business and I couldn't hack it. And so I, I sold it for a 1X multiple just to get out of it, right? Like that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about people that have actually been there, failed a few times and then had a, a substantial exit or something along those lines where they, they have walked the walk. Absolutely. No, no. So, I mean, and, and it's always very, very interesting when you talk to somebody who has the right experience, Jeff, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've done this before. You actually are doing that as part of the Angels Investor Network as right. well, right? And the core philosophy remains the same, right? That you bring in the right people, right? Mm-hmm. Who you know, right? Have been successful yep. by doing this, grind enough, right? So that yeah. they realize what is good, what is bad, right? Yeah. And to your point, there are a lot of these groups, right, which are, Oh, just there because there's an opportunity, right? And just creating unnecessary chaos or yeah. noise, if you will, right? And then having people like you, people like Burnt, 
as part of that ecosystem, right, helps quite a bit, right? And that's what, I mean, again, I had been uh, instrumental in doing a lot of that, right, yeah. uh, across the board. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Harshal, this has been great. You you run a, lo- a number of organizations. You volunteer your time. I know you invest directly. What's the best place for people to go to find out more about you and your organizations? Yeah, so, I mean, I have been, it's kind of funny, but I've been pretty much all big social networks I can think of, right? LinkedIn is my go-to though, right? Mm-hmm. And it's been quite useful to get people on LinkedIn, right? Of course, the Venture Bill goes by the Venture Bill, right? So the VentureBill.com is okay. the company name, right? Ty Austin has their website, tyaustin.org, right? So you can actually go to Ty, I can go to Venture Bill. And uh, we would love to actually learn and, 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 and engage, right? And see in whatever ways, right? We can yeah. help entrepreneurship grow because the success of any country is based on how successful the entrepreneurs are. Yeah, right? the innovation, and really. Absolutely, right? Absolutely. And so whatever we can get as part of it, and I mean, it was it was such a great experience, right? As part of being and co-hosting this as part yeah. of the Angel Investor Network, Jeff, right? And I'm looking forward to many more of this. Absolutely, really appreciate it. So we'll put all those links in the show notes. Arshal, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate, I really appreciate that. it. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Care.